seven days. Well, Pastor, that's a 21-day fast, right? We always do a 21-day fast at the first of the year. We generally do, but 
then we don't really have any other large fast throughout the year. Our purpose is to divide that up to where we have more consistent prayer and fasting. And I say fasting, not just fasting, prayer and fasting. We're not dieting, we're praying with our fasting. Amen. And, uh, and, and so, but we want to see what God is going to do this year. On the backdrop of the fast, as it comes to uh, the latter days, we are going to have Evangelist George Hurt come in next Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, ministering in all the services, mightily used of God, used in spiritual gifts, and we're looking forward to Brother Hurt coming, especially at that time. Especially at that time, at the close of that revival, the next Saturday, uh, we're going to be meeting with a building contractor and see what uh, words he has to say. So a lot of things are happening fast, so let's pray and fast as those fast things are happening. And uh, let's watch what God is going to do. Amen. 2023, I said, was a good year. I believe, I absolutely believe it. I'm not going to go into everything. We'll do that later, but... Uh, we, we were able to purchase our new van this year, which was pretty awesome. And we also prayed about our kitchen renovation, and we had about 25,000 of that kitchen renovations yeah. donated, most of it outside the church this year. Praise God. That's amazing. In our prayer conference, we baptized 16 people in Jesus' name at that prayer conference. We distributed our food ministry, 41,653.47 pounds of food. Hallelujah. At least 21 were filled with the Holy Ghost that we know of that was recorded. We don't push for recording, but you to see the Holy Ghost. Listen to this. 49 baptisms have been recorded this year Now catch this, our average attendance in 2022 was 171. Now, mind you, we started a second service this year, our 9.30 a.m. service. So you may not at first just glance around and notice it, but 2022, our average was 171, and 2023, our average was 218. That is right around a 20% growth, which is really remarkable for a church to experience that in one year. Many other ministries, and I have so many accomplishments to share with you. At the first of the year this past year, I mentioned give God one year. And look at the church, and God has done some great things in that one year. Not only that, Brother Anthony, where are you at? I want you just to wave your hand. Brother Anthony, he, he could tell you how good God's been to him this year. And he held out, and he waited, and at the end of this year, God blessed him beyond measure. Brother Jay in here, is he outside? Brother Jay was telling me, there he is. Brother Jay, wave your hand. He just had a miracle come through. He's been waiting all year long. And he held on. And guess what? God showed up. God showed up. If any of you God showed up in mighty ways. And uh, remember our fireworks stand after church. If you want to come out and help out, we'll be uh, doing that till this evening. And then at 11 o'clock. Does anybody know what happens at 11 o'clock tonight? Church. 
church. We're going to be saying goodbye to 2023 and believing as good as 2023 was, that 2024 is going to be even greater. Hallelujah. We're going to have music. We've got a special video that's been prepared for our year. And we also have a communion that we're going to do. And then we are going to pray in the new year. Amen. Pray in the new year. So we'll start at 11 and we'll pray in the new year at 12. Praise God. Psalms 84. Anybody happy? Psalms 84. You may have to use your own Bibles. I'm not sure if they are. We all of our media team. Okay. We've got our, uh, our I won't call them backups because they do other ministries. But they are, they are backing up media today. It's Brother Steve Eames' uh, 23rd anniversary, and they are out of town. And so are his assistants. So, but, but we've got it covered. We got Miss Acacia back there in sound doing an amazing job as well. Psalms 84, how amiable are thy tabernacles, Lord of hosts. My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh crieth out for the living God. Yea, the sparrow hath found a house and swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young and even... Thine altars, right. O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee and whose heart are the ways of them who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well. You go through a valley and you make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength. No matter what you've been through this year, no matter what things you're going through, I don't know if you realize it, but if you're in Christ, if you're in God, you might have gone through something, but you went from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God, O Lord of hosts. Hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold, O God, our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. I'd rather be a doorkeeper. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. I want to preach today, doorkeepers of the house. Doorkeepers of the house. Brother Father, would you do this in prayer? God, we love you. We thank you today. God, we pray that you would anoint your servant. God, as he speaks the word, as he preaches the word of God to us. Anoint our hearts, anoint our minds. God, that we would be open and receptive, God, to what thus saith the word of the Lord today. God, we thank you. We praise you, God. We ask that your word would be would be made manifest, God, that you would do wonders and signs in this house before we leave. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. You can be seated in Jesus' name. 
He's got doorkeepers of the house. How does the church we live in, we're part of, coming in here feeling his presence, being able to lift up your hands and, and, and know he's here. And know he's here because he touches you, because he speaks to you. Oh, hallelujah. We find ourselves, how do we make sure, though, that with all of the advancements of this age and all of the things that are happening in this life and the advancement of technology and, and those things, artificial intelligence, how will this world look in 10 years? Or I've been pastoring here 20 years now. How will this society look in 20 years? Look at how much it's vastly changed just over the last three or four years. What's it going to be like in 25 years? Have you peered into the future to imagine what things are really going to be like? Because they are not going to be like they are. And just like, like they are is not like where they were. What does that mean for you? Times are changing rapidly. Jobs are shifting. Attitudes in life are different. And life in general is not the same as it used to be. And it is crucial for not just us, but for the next generation. And the generation after that, if the Lord tarries, our children, our grandchildren, and our grandchildren's children, your children one day, even. I know they're like, your children one day. We've got, to, we've got to think like this and think about this. If life is not going to be the same, how is the church going to be for them? Are they going to have a place like we have that we are able to come in here and experience salvation? And guess what? It's going to be decisions that we make and it's going to be things that we do today that's going to impact the church in 20 years and in 25 years. Now, I, I know most of us, we think, well, what's going on next week? And I, that's about as far out as we sometimes go, but we've got to change our mindset a little bit because next week's going to be here before you know it, and you're going to be fa facing the next decade before you can blink your eyes. And we got to set things in motion that allow the church to be crucial, imperative, and stand in all of those hours. COVID restrictions ushered in a new mindset said into our world that the church had not dealt with before. And it's crucial for this next generation to flourish. It's got to happen. We have grandchildren, great-grandchildren that need and deserve the experience of God that we have experienced, that you have experienced. So great a salvation. Your children and your grandchildren deserve this salvation. The lighthouse Keepers have to keep the light on. The doors have to be open. And the doorkeepers must be on duty. The pay is measured in dollars and cents. But the treasures, my friend, are stored up in heaven. And retirement plans are out of this world. And brother of all, the benefits are beyond measure. Oh, hallelujah. This next generation has arrived to salvation just like we had a right to salvation. They need to be able to experience Acts 2.38 just like we experienced Acts 2.38. They need to have the opportunity to live for God just like we had the opportunity. But in order for the church to survive, and I'm not saying we need to go into survival mode, the church needs to thrive. 
But in order for the church to actually thrive, the doorkeepers, the doorkeepers, the doorkeepers are necessary. If we look at First Chronicles, people can easily say that's not my responsibility until 30 years from now. You're hoping your great-grandchild gets the Holy Ghost. Then you'll be glad you found yourself a doorkeeper like God called you to be. Doorkeeper means I'm going to take some responsibility. I'm going to take some responsibility for what happens not just today and next week, but in 10 years and in 20 years. I'm envisioning what God is wanting to do in the church of the living God down the road, not just right now. The gatekeepers, First Chronicles 9 in the NIV. It says that in 17. It says the gatekeepers. And, and then it gives you several names. And it says, and their fellow Levites and their chief. And in verse 18, being stationed at the king's gate on the east up to the present time. These were the gatekeepers belonging to the camp of the Levites. And then Shalom, the son of Kor, the son of Bessephi, and the son of Korah. Now, Korah, we know, fell, but for generations after him, they actually lived for God. And his fellow gatekeepers from his family, the Korahites, were responsible for guarding the thresholds of the tent, just as their ancestors had been responsible for guarding the entrance to the dwelling of the Lord. In earlier times, Phinehas, son of Eleazar, was the official in charge of the gatekeepers. And the Lord was with him, it says. When you make yourself a gatekeeper, the Lord will be with you. Hallelujah. It says, all together, those chosen to be gatekeepers at the threshold number 212. I think we've all got a position available. They were registered by genealogies in their villages. The gatekeepers had been assigned to the positions of trust by David and Samuel the seer. They and their descendants were in charge of guarding the gates of the house of the Lord, the house called the tent of meeting. Verse 24, the gatekeepers were on the four sides, east, west, north, and south. Their fellow Levites and their villages had come from time to time and shared the duties for seven-day periods, but the four principal gatekeepers who were Levites were entrusted with the responsibilities for the rooms and treasuries in the house of God. They would spend nights stationed around the house of God because they had to guard it and they had charge of the key for opening it each morning. Some of them were in charge of the articles used in the temple services. They counted them and they were brought in and when they were taken out and others were assigned to take care of the furnishings and the other articles of the sanctuary as well as the special flour and wine and olive oil and incense and spices. But some of the priests took care of mixing the spices. The Levite named Matthiah, the firstborn of Shalom and Korahite, was entrusted with the responsibility for baking the offering bread. Some of the Kohathites, their fellow Levites, were in charge of preparing every Sabbath the bread set out on the table. I'm saying all this to let you know everybody did something. Uh, those were musicians. There were musicians. Heads of Levite families stayed in the rooms of the temple, were exempt from other duties because they were responsible for the work day and night. 
And these were the heads of the Levite family's chiefs as listed in their genealogy. And they lived in Jerusalem. God needs doorkeepers to keep the lights on. Doorkeepers to keep the spirit of God stirred in this hour. Doorkeepers that dwell in his presence continually. Doorkeepers that are stalwarts. Doorkeepers that are willing to be unshakable pillars in the house of God. The apostolic church, my friend, has to continue to cherish its foundation. It has to continually redig its wells that it once has been dug. It has to shore up its foundation before the landscape of the world, which is increasing with wickedness daily. Evil spirits in the world luring people to fall for their snares and convincing them to believe lies. With the times that we live in with wars and rumors of wars that Jesus said would take place and earthquakes in diverse places, John would tell us these times would come with swarms of locusts. He was telling that from a viewpoint thousands of years ago. But when I see these drones at work each and every day and some of the wars that we are experiencing coming like swarms, they look to me like swarms of locusts spoken of in Revelation. And in the midst of all
be here before you know Because you became a doorkeeper. You became a doorkeeper. You became a doorkeeper. Psalms 94 and 10, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. When you come in here on Sunday morning, you can feel his presence. You felt it this morning. How many felt his presence this morning? I felt his presence. You ought to thank him for that presence. Not everybody gets that. Not everybody experiences that. Not everybody's able to feel that where they are. You walked in here this morning and you felt the presence of the Most High God. You hear his voice. He talks to you. Perhaps you see his face. You have his mind. Why? Because there is a doorway to the heavenlies. And there are doorkeepers on duty this morning that have opened the doors for you to come in. They've been here all week. They were here yesterday at 8 a.m. praying for this service. They were doorkeepers. They were here this morning preparing for his presence. They were cleaning his house, preparing for his guests and for him to be here. They were working on lessons and plans for his children when they would come in. They were here cutting the heat on so you would be comfortable as you felt the presence of the Almighty God in his house. Psalms 14, I'd rather, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. I'd rather be a doorkeeper right here. Why is it important? Genesis 26 says, Isaac redug the wells, or dug again the wells of water, which had dug in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. And he called them by the names which his fathers had called them. And Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found a well of running water there. What's that got to do with this, Pastor? Because you are Abraham. You are an Abraham. I'm talking to you this morning. You are an Abraham. And you have or will have an Isaac that is following. And the wells you dig are important because it shows your children or your grandchildren how they can dig wells. The door you keep, they'll watch you keep it. But notice when Abraham had died, the enemy came in and filled those wells. But Abraham, when Isaac was a boy, had put enough in him about those wells and where they were and how to dig them that Isaac himself, not on the coattail of his father, but on his own, on his own intuition, on his own direction, was able to go redig the wells that the enemy had stopped up. Are you thirsty this morning? Are you hungry this morning? I can tell you where some water is.
watched you pray. Little Isaac watched you when you were on duty for your door. When you guarded that gate. Isaac watched you when you prepared the way. When you prepared the temple things. When you guarded the temple. Little Isaac was watching you. And when it dries up in his generation. He's going to know right where to go to find it. some point Isaac's going to come to a place of decision. Not gonna be saved riding on your coattail. Gonna be saved because he made his own decision. You guided him, you led him, that's good. But at some point he's gotta make his own decision about his relationship with his God. And, 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 and you got a responsibility of guiding and leading. Let me tell you what, every time you try, you take a step backwards and you back up. You walk away from something. He loses sight of what you were guarding. It's important that you stay a doorkeeper in the house of your God. Pastor, I get tired. I do too. But guess what? I know what God's got in store for me when I get there. It is worth every extra minute, every extra hour, every extra day, every extra prayer, every extra thing. It's worth it when I get there. But it's not just worth it for me. It's also worth it because your children, your Isaacs, your grandchildren, your Jacobs, at some point, they're going to come to that place of decision that no matter how much of a conniver they were, no matter what they were involved in, what they stole, what they took, what they snorted, what they ran through their veins, what they smoked in their pipe, all of that's not going to matter. There's going to come a wake-up day when they're going to realize, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired of being in this pig pen, I'm tired of eating these husks, I'm tired of smoking this dope and snorting this coke and whatever Still be a door, and there will still be a doorkeeper. 
as a neighboring pastor said years ago. Pastor Tim, years ago, said his dad pastored on the other side of town before him. He said, my dad said there were three or four portals, I believe it was, in Hinesville. God had showed him in the dream. And he said, specifically one of those was right here on this property. Now, that's one thing for one person to say. I mean, that's, but but it, it, it's, it was really very powerful. And, and then after that, just this past June at our prayer conference, Sister Bonnie Marshall, I wasn't here that weekend. I had to be out of town at a funeral, but Brother Fowler made mention to me the other day. He said, you know, when Sister Marshall was here, she made mention, was it the portal that she made mention of? She made mention of that portable portal while she was here. And then just a few weeks ago, Reverend Dave Henry was here and the same thing. He talked about the portal right here. And, and, and that's three witnesses right there. There's three witnesses that said the same thing about this portal, this passageway, this gate of heaven. And, and like the place, I believe, that Jacob saw when he saw that great ladder, I think in the King James Version. I'm, I'm, I'm in the NIV right now. If, if I could read to you. And Jacob awoke from his sleep, and he thought, surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. And he was afraid. Now, there was no church there. There was no temple there right then. All right, there was no church, no temple there then. But he says, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this, he said, is the gate of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took, Jacob took stone and placed his head and set it up as a pillar, poured oil on top of it, and he called it Bethel. Through the, though the city used to be called Luz. And then Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me and watch over me on this journey I am taking, He will give me food to eat, clothes to wear, so I return safely to my father's house. Then the Lord will be my God. And this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And all of that you give me, I will give you a tent. God already knows where His house is before it's ever built. You can't just go out and buy a piece of property and pop a church on there. Expect it to grow. You, you, you gotta seek God because God's got a certain place. I mean, you can, but you know what I'm saying. And, and, and so I, I just read this article in this study Bible that I had. It's it just for interesting about this. Stairway to Heaven's the title. And it says, from the fact that messengers of God appeared passing between realms in Jacob's dream, it is clear that he was viewing a portal to heaven. Such portals are envisioned as stairways as opposed to ladders in ancient mythology. They also architecturally represented the ziggurats of ancient Mesopotamia, in which were built to provide a stairway for the little g-gods to come down and be worshipped in their temple. But Jacob did not see a ziggurat, but a stairway portal between heaven and earth. These portals were considered sacred space. The link between heaven and earth provided passage for deity from the gate of his heavenly temple placed to the sacred space marked out on earth for his presence and worship. 
Such places were marked with temples once their location had been revealed to people living in the area. See, in times of old, they didn't just build a church and ask God to show up there. They found out where the portal was that God was moving. And they built the temple there. It said, this continuum space between the heavenly dwelling and the earthly one, such that are not simply considered mirrored images or paired structures, but in the sense that they are more like the upstairs and downstairs of the same building. It is even more than that as the earthly temple can be thought of as actually existing in the heavenly realm. The temple is a place in both worlds. Some temples featured a stairway from the antechamber up to the central cella, the temple's inner sanctum, where deity dwelt, indicating perhaps that the deity's heavenly dwelling was there in the middle of the earthly temple. This is so the gate of heaven could be considered the entryway to the temple's inner sanctum, whether at the bottom of the stairway or at the top. We should not imagine that angels, that the angels Jacob saw were marching in procession down and up the stairway as often pictured in art, but rather he saw messenger angels going off on missions and return from delivering messages. Oh, how now to me, that gives this next scripture a little more sense in this understanding. Not all of that, like I said, but, uh, but a lot of that. And it says in Isaiah 66, listen to what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne. And the earth is my footstool. I like the way it described as an upstairs and a downstairs spiritually. Heaven is his throne. In the place that he sets his feet on earth, but specifically, perhaps the portals are that resting place. He said, where is the house you build for me? All in this, where is the house you build for me? Where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things? And so they came into being, declares the Lord. I believe God is doing something right here at 1301 Pitkin Road. I believe what these people said, that portal is right here at 1301 Pipkin Road. But these three witnesses said there's evidence that it is. And last year I said give God a year and we've seen miracle after miracle. After three or four years of when we came to the end of those years saying I am ready to say goodbye to that year. We lost a lot in 2020, 2021, even 2022. One such being Bishop Billy Wilson, who founded this church. Can I tell you, he and his wife, Sue Wilson, were doorkeepers. We've had other doorkeepers, and we lost doorkeepers during these years. But I'm using him as an example. We, we, the leaders that kept the lights on at the lighthouse. And then when Brother Billy Wilson retired and I was called to come pastor. Kind of awesome that God has a church that's been pastored 
by two men for 45 years. That's a testament to the church. That's a testament to the church. And yet we experienced all these losses in the last three to four years, one being Brother Billy Wilson. And Brother Billy Wilson kept the lights on. But even after he retired, he never moved. Because he was a doorkeeper. He couldn't leave being a doorkeeper at the house of the Lord. And he was a doorkeeper right over there. Until the day he went to be with the Lord, he kept keeping the door. At the portal, at the stairs, at the ladder. Is where I'd rather be than in the tents with the wicked. Than going off chasing some amount of money. Than going off looking for greener pastors somewhere else. Give me my door. Put me at my doorway. And let me man my door. Oh, hallelujah. The message says of the same scripture. One day spent in your house. This beautiful place of worship meets thousands spent on Greek island beaches. Can I get an amen? I'd rather scrub floors in the house of my God than be honored as a guest in the palace of sin. All sunshine and sovereign is God's generous in gifts and glory. He doesn't scrimp with his traveling companions. It's smooth sailing all the way with the God of the angel armies. The Amplified Version says it like this. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. being thrown in a pit. He kept moving forward and kept moving forward as he kept moving backwards and kept moving backwards. As he went backwards in physical, he would go forward in the spiritual. And God was positioning him for a place that ultimately would lead him to being a gatekeeper for the people of God. But God spent his life, God allowed him to spend his life from pits to prisons in order to get position. So when he got position, he would be a gatekeeper for his people. Oh, hallelujah. Daniel obtained rank because he was a gatekeeper position right where God had him. And even though he had to endure the lion's den, he endured the lion's den with the help of the Lord because he understood this one thing. He was a gatekeeper for the house of God. Nehemiah obtained authority, the king's cupbearer. He got that authority because he was positioned as a gatekeeper. Her title and placement, not because of her beauty, but because God put her there. She could have had the attitude, "Look, I'm queen. I deserve this. I, I, I earned this." God put her there. Why? Because she was a gatekeeper. She was a gatekeeper. God's positioning. If you do His will. And you follow his voice. And you allow him to lead you every step of the way. God's position will do things in your life. God's positioning, hear me, will do things in your career. 
God's positioning will do things on your job. God's positioning will do things on your family. God's positioning will do things in your children's life. If you do His will, if you God, if you follow His will, if you surrender to His will, if you submit to His will, if you say, "Not my will, but Thine be done," God. Proverbs 18 and 16. If you allow him to lead you and you surrender to his will, even when it's not your will, you, you submit to his will, even when it's not something you want to do. You just go ahead and submit and surrender. And Proverbs 18 and 16 says it like this a man's gift make room for him and brings him. Before great men. You find your door. You do what God's called you to do. And you let God do the rest. You let God position you. Your position at work. Your position as a title and a ministry. Your influence. Your, all, all of those things. God puts those together. God puts those together. Opposed to you to you whether God is leading you to be like Joseph or Daniel or Esther why because you're a gatekeeper I'm closing Sister Crutchfield you're a gatekeeper God has chosen you God has ordained you there's a gate that you have that God has called you to it may not be what his gate is. You might not be at the north gate or the east gate or the west gate. But God's got a gate for you. Was it 200 and how many? 212 or 22? 212. 212. That's enough for a position for everybody that's in this house. What's God calling you to do? What gate's he calling you to stand at? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a generation that needs you. There, there, there's, I'm, here to, I'm here to prophesy to you. There's some that are addicted to drugs. They're your children or your grandchildren. And they're going to be running to God looking for the gate that you're guarding. You better be guarding that gate. They're coming. They're on their way. God's doing it. He's at work doing it. And I know maybe he's told you that before, but I'm telling you, he's telling you that again. Believe him. Oh, it may not come when I want it to, but he'll be here right on time. It'll happen right on time. It's going to occur right on God's will and God's time. Oh, hallelujah. Could you stand with me? How amiable, he said in Psalms 84, are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yea, even faints for the courts of the Lord. Do you long for his touch? Do you long for his impression today? Do you want him just to touch you? Has it been a while since you've had a touch? I want to invite you to come now. 
to God's altar and take a few moments at His gate and allow Him to touch you? Has it been a while since you felt Him? Would you come? He wants you to feel Him this morning. How long has it been since He's spoken to you? How long since you heard that still small voice? I want to encourage you, would you come this morning? He wants to speak to somebody. He's wanting to speak to somebody. Would you come? Is there a gatekeeper that's willing to say, I'm here to stand at my gate, God. I'm here to stand on duty, Lord. Things may not be happening fast enough for me. I may not see the evidence of everything that the preacher just said that's going to happen. But God, I believe it and I receive it. And here I come. Commission me to my gate. God, commission me to my door. I believe you. I want to do what you've called me to do. I want to live like you've called me to live. I want to believe like you've called me to believe, God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We want to feel your presence this morning, Lord. Would you say that? God, we want to feel your presence. Would you pray that wherever you are? God, I just close your eyes wherever you are. God, I want to feel your presence right now, Lord. I want to feel your presence, Lord. I want to hear your voice, God. Speak to me, Lord. I want to see your face. I want to have your mind, God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. For a day in thy courts, this Sunday morning's better than what the rest of the week's going to be. A day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper right here in the house of God that dwell in the tents in the places of the wicked.
What a beautiful presence of the Lord's Spirit. There's a door right here. There's a man sitting on that front row. This is his door. He stands at it. And he makes sure this water is warm and fresh and clean. Thank you, Brother Cruz, for manning your gate. Thank you. The water is warm. If you want to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, please see me or one of the ushers or hostesses. We'll be glad to make that happen right now. The Bible says repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then he goes on and says, For that promise is unto you and to your children and to those that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Amen. Does anybody feel the presence of the Lord in this place? Could you just lift your hand up for a moment? God, we thank you. God is, we're getting ready to close out 2023 and enter into 2024. Help us to leave all the hurts, all the pains, all the baggage. Clean it out, God. To where we enter into this new year full of faith. Repented of all of our sins. God, forgiven all of our hurts. Letting go all of our issues. And walk in fresh and renewed in your power, in the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Could you give the Lord a hand of praise? Praise God. So good to be in the house of the Lord. And we ask our ushers and hosts just to come up and get ready to receive the tithes and offerings. Brother Munden is going to come and... Uh, it, give you the announcements. One he may not have on there is our bread program, Bible reading. I encourage you to start today, Genesis 1 through 3, and read the whole Bible all the way through. I promise it'll be a light when times are dark. God will speak to you through that word. If you read it every day, he will talk to you. You will hear his voice through that word, and you will, you will have direction when you wouldn't have had direction before. Now, the best app, my wife says, is version. They sign up for it. I believe four or five of them read it this past year. Four of them read it this past year through the version app. They read it every day. I think she said this one that they were on was designed to finish at Thanksgiving, before Thanksgiving, so you didn't get caught up in the holidays and, and miss it. So they read, four of them read it through the year, uh, through the Uversion app. I would encourage you to download the app to find it. There's all kinds of programs. Then you can also sign up on upci.org, go to the Sunday School Department, then the Bread, and you can sign up for emails, and you can get an email to you every day. It'll pop up in your inbox. Not only does it tell you what to read, it's got the scripture right there to read. So that's another way that you can read the Bible through. I'm telling you, when you need it, it will be there. It will be right on time. Read the Bible through in a year. Brother Monday. Oh, praise the Lord. Definitely listen to your pastor. 
because I was all the way up to Jude come Thanksgiving, and right now I got 10 more chapters to finish <laughs> that I got to read today. <laughs> so I'm going to listen to the, as the first lady said, be finished before Thanksgiving so I don't get caught up in graduations and all kind of other stuff and travel and holidays, but praise the Lord. Remember in this season, the greatest gift, even though Christmas has come and gone, but Jesus is here always. Let's remember the reason for the season all throughout the year, 365 this one, next year is a leap year, 366 for that one. That giving Christ every day is a Christmas. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord, saints, as you all can please stand as you prepare your wallets, purses, your uh, Bitcoin devices to give back unto the kingdom. The Lord blesses us with 100% of um, all the substance we need to tend to uh, our own needs, right? But he allows us to keep 90% of his blessing and he, we just give back our 10% at a minimum for our tithe and then of course your offer, whatever is on top of that. And I tell you, we definitely can't outgive God. And God just blessed me so much. I just can't stop saying it because I definitely has given me above, given me above my skills, my knowledge of what I know that he's blessed me. But please remember that tonight we do have a service at 11 p.m. special service to participate in our communion and ringing in the new year together. So we'll see you then. Also, we have a revival that is coming up with Reverend Hertz. That will be from 7 to 9 January. 7 to 9 January. So he will be here uh, next Sunday, and he'll be here Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. As Pastor stated with our Bible reading, also do not forget our fast that pastors call. This year we're taking our Daniel fast. And what we're doing is at a minimum, we're pastors taking three seasons that we're doing our fasting this year, all right? At a minimum, but you can also do your own, as me and my family does. So we're going to be doing our seven-day fast, which starts this Tuesday, and we're going through the next Tuesday when Reverend Hurt is here. We will be breaking the fast. So um, definitely make sure you be mindful for that. Prepare your houses. Get rid of all the, the, the things that you need to, whatever fast you're doing, that pastor has called us to. But make sure that we are doing a fast. Praise the Lord, so that we may be blessed and strengthened. All right, well, as we go before the Lord and give honor, thank you, Pastor, for ministering an outstanding word for us to finish the year. And I know we're going to have some more on Tuesday as we're bringing in the new year. So make sure in this new year, let's get, let's activate that Holy Ghost that lives and resides in us. And make sure we're here when the doors are open that us as doorkeepers, we may be able to be poured into, or we may be able to go out there and just be a Father, we are thankful, Lord. Thankful for your word. Thankful for a pastor that is sensitive to your gospel, Lord Jesus. Sensitive to your spirit, Lord, to bring a word that we need, Lord, as we, Lord, hallelujah, have been appointed, anointed, and touched, and spoken to today, and called out by a pastor. Hallelujah. We know that he speaks as he's the mouthpiece of God, that you, Lord, will use us mightily in this upcoming year, Lord. Greater, hallelujah, is the yield for the kingdom when we're working, putting all of our hands to the shelf, Lord, to work for the kingdom. We thank you, we praise you. We ask that you would bless this offering, Lord, as we give
give back and that you would stretch it far and wide. We give thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless. Go with God. Hallelujah. Please do not forget all the announcements. Be blessed in Jesus' name.